The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good to be here. If you wish, I can make three dwelling places here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome with fear. And when they looked up, and, but Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So here we are, the last Sunday before the season of Lent. Jesus has chosen his disciples. They have been traveling together. They have seen Jesus perform miracles, and he has taught them many things. And then he revealed to them that he is going to die at the hands of the religious leaders and on the third day be raised again. Well, you can imagine how confusing that must have been to the disciples. And if you recall, when Jesus told them about his death, it was Peter who told Jesus that that was just not possible. And Jesus, in turn, told Peter that he was a stumbling block to God's divine plan. Yet here we have, in our reading for today, Jesus choosing Peter, James, and John to go up on the mountain with him. Obviously, Jesus saw something in Peter, even after that encounter, that made him want to have Peter with him on this special day. It's these three men who saw Jesus transfigured, watched as Moses and Elijah joined them, and heard the Lord speak. This was such a miraculous moment that Peter did not want it to end. He wanted to capture all that was happening and never let it go. He wanted to make it to make a difference in his life, and he wanted this moment to make a difference in the lives of all the disciples. Maybe it was this moment that the world had been waiting for, when Jesus would begin a revolution that would free all people who were oppressed, and it would change the minds of all the people who didn't believe in Jesus. This might be the moment that would save Jesus from death that he had predicted for himself. Well, with all these ideas swirling around in Peter's head, the only thing he could think of to save the moment was to build three dwelling places for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. He decided that they could make this mountain their headquarters 
And with the three of them working together, there was no telling what wonderful things could be accomplished. Well, God was looking down and hearing all of this and seeing what Peter was planning. And this is when God decided to bring Peter's foolishness to an end. For it was that moment that God's voice boomed from the cloud and said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. With those words, suddenly Moses and Elijah disappeared, and Jesus was left alone with Peter, James, and John. Peter's grand ideas were also gone. Jesus and the men came down from the mountain and were to tell no one what had happened. Peter learned quickly that God was in control, and God had other plans for the future. Not only was Peter's plans gone, but now he couldn't even tell anybody about his spectacular day. So Peter follows Jesus down the mountain and returned to the day-to-day -day activities of a disciple. Suddenly, life seemed unspectacular after what Peter had just witnessed. So how much are we like Peter? Are we waiting for a spectacular transfiguration? One that we can harness and make last for a long time? Are we desperate for God's presence to settle upon our lives, the lives of our neighbors, and maybe the world? Wouldn't it be wonderful to transfigure this world so that hate would no longer exist, sin would be no more, and goodness would take over? Well, it would be good, but unfortunately, transfiguration is not an escape from our earthly life. We will not be transported to some far-off, wonderful existence where love is the dominant theme. Just like the transfiguration took the disciples back to the life they were living, it does the same for us. We are not to leave the familiar. We are to look for the ways God is transfiguring our ordinary lives. On this Sunday, transfiguration calls us to return to our communities and our lives with renewed patience as we watch for God and the ways that God will light up the ordinary. Transfiguration is not an escape. Transfiguration is watching the ordinary change, changes in us, and we know that God is in our midst. When Peter, James, and John saw the transfiguration, it was not God changing the situation. It was God changing these three men. After that day, they would never be the same. Their lives would be changed forever. And it's the same for us. When God, we see God working in our midst, in our ordinary lives, they are changed. When we witness the baptism of a child, when we see the sign of the cross marked on that child's forehead, and we know that that child has been given the power of the Holy Spirit, 
We know that that child's life will be changed forever. But what about us? When we make the promises to God to nurture that child, we know that our lives will become richer and our work in the kingdom become more important. When we come to communion and take the body and blood of Jesus Christ into our hands, we are transfigured for the work we have to do. There may not be dazzling lights or loud, booming voice, but can't you feel the presence of God here in this place? Can you feel the Holy Spirit stirring? The whole world is held in God's hands, including you and me. It is God's presence that transfigures our lives, and suddenly the ordinary does not seem so mundane. We are called by God to attend to the ordinary and watch as life surprises us with sacred moments in our daily lives. We don't have to be up on a mountain to be on holy ground. Holy ground is wherever God is, and God is here right now. For this, too, is holy ground but you don't have to tread lightly. Go out boldly and watch for the next transfiguration. It could happen at any moment. Amen.